Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's August 8th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Dolly is still with her family going out on outings and having a very good time. So we're glad she's having a good time, but we miss her. So hi, Walt. How are you doing tonight? Hello, Nancy. Hello, Hello Mona. Everybody is okay? Yeah, how are you doing? Because you had a tooth problem this morning. Oh, yeah, it, it, it was more of a scare than a, because it's not, a, I don't have any pain of any kind. So, uh, you know, the teeth is a very delicate thing. And then as soon as it's pain, oh, there's a, there is an infection there, but there's nothing there. This is a, a condition that was left uh, from being in a, remember the, the time that I spent a month in the hospital? I don't know if it was the, what do you call it? the lack of uh, dental hygiene because I, they never gave me a chance to brush my teeth in the time that I was there. So one of my molar, the the left side, bottom side molar uh, cracked. So I only have half a molar. <laughs> so it still works. It just it doesn't look it doesn't look good because it, it it looks cracked, but I'd rather have cracked tooth than some some implant of some crap in my in my I don't know. You call me a call me a, a hillbilly, but I'm not putting any crap like that in my in my mouth, like uh, metals inserts and whatnot. Plus, going to that one of the one of the things that I that I realized when I was thinking about my every initial reaction. Oh, maybe I should go to the hotel the dentist and take a look at this. I can't trust them because I don't, number one, I don't know if they are right now what the status is, if they're demanding that you be vaccinated before they can take a look at you right. or if they want to vaccinate you. Because, so I, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to risk it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. Hell no. So... Okay, having, 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 uh, well, hi, Mona. Did you want to say hi to everybody? You sort of like, I asked him a question. He took off on me. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm glad he's That's why you're that. here. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mona. What? I'm glad to hear you guys go through all that. Gee, this is dangerous. Well, I suggest, Walt, first off, tea tree oil. I mean, not tea tree oil, uh, uh, silver, uh, colloidal silver. Yep, that's the first thing I did. Okay. The second of all, is there is there a pocket back there in the molar? In other words, did the half of the tooth come out, or is it just cracked? No, half the tooth came out, but there's nothing in the in in the molar. It, the, I it's like a it's like 
uh, small blister, but it's not where the truth is. It's outside. It's uh, on on the gum on the gum next All to right. the truth. Yeah, yeah. You probably got an abscess brewing there. Um, what I highly suggest for anybody is to get water picks. Because with the water pick, you can, like, you can put uh, uh, another another good one is uh, iodine, uh, the two percent iodine ludens, I think they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you, so you put some of that in the in the water pick water. <clears throat> There's other things that you can get. You know, different dentists have their own version of the thing, but because of the water pick, you can really get it deeply in there. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is wild or, or oregano, wild white oregano, mm. and that was recommended by Irma. Uh, she said, you know, that she found it helpful. And so what I do with that is, it, you, it's very very hot. You, you have to cut it with something, so an oil. So I use uh, castor oil, and I just mix it until I can handle the heat. Because oh, it'll oh. it'll burn your mouth, you know. Oh, but wow, um, wow. And then I take a cotton uh, Q-tip thing, and I get that soaked, and then I just go along the gums, you know, until my mouth is is saturated with this, and then leave it on there until I have to do something. Then I spit it out. But I do the same thing for the dog, and my dentist wanted to pull my teeth and put in a flapper and you know, you know they wanted to do some implants and it was all a $20,000 bill <laughs> yeah all right okay um, and they told me that you know this was critical we had to take care of it I think that was two years ago because that about that time I started asking people what do you use and you know Irma told me about the the oregano white wild white oregano and but the dog he had gone he had had to get a stupid rabies things so I had to I brought a vet to the house because he goes absolutely berserk if you try to take him any place and so the vet came and said that um, oh this this guy's gonna have to have some extractions and I said like like when and he said well he said He's maybe got a year, but he's going to have to have some extractions. So at that point in the game, I said, no, I don't think so. And so I pulled out an old toothbrush. I got some toothpastes for dogs. And I, 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 wouldn't have, I didn't think he would let me do this. But I said, come here, we're going to brush your teeth. And by God, not only did he let me do it, but he likes it. <clears throat> He'll come to me at the you know, if it gets too late and he says, you didn't brush my teeth. Oh, okay. But he hasn't had any teeth problems. Now, when I first, <clears throat> excuse me, when I first started to um, brush his teeth, the first couple of, well, more than that, I would get a little bit of blood. So I knew he was still, he was having problems, but not in years. I haven't seen any indication of it. So, um, yeah, you have to be proactive when you got something like that because any kind of food or anything that get in there is going to fester and uh, you're going to have an abscess problem. So I, I suggest highly, you know, the, the water pick. I, I, have, I, have, I have a water pick. 
You don't use it. Every day, every day. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, maybe that's why you haven't had a tremendous amount of problems with it. <clears throat> Constantly. I, I brush my teeth after every meal. I don't, I don't just brush. It's not like wait for the end of the day to brush. No. I, I, I eat something, I brush my teeth. That's the way it, I've always held on to that. That's why I was, I was one of the reasons I was so uncomfortable in the hospital. They wouldn't give me anything to brush my teeth. So I have spent an entire month unable to brush my teeth. So it was, Why wouldn't they have let you brush your teeth? I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I don't understand what how those people think or operate. I'm glad I'm out of there. <laughs> that's, that's pretty lame. <laughs> I got a story. When my 25-year-old was about four, my teeth started just falling out of my head. Now, I'd given birth to... Or, I had four pregnancies and three live births. And that takes a lot out of you when you're a female. Otherwise, my bones are strong, etc., etc. What I used for the abscesses and the gum boils was papaya leaf. And it would eat away the ugly and it would put in vitamins and minerals and you didn't get the flipping what you were talking about, Nancy, the high al alanoid or whatever you want to call it. Abscess? No. The flavor, the taste, the... Oh, oh the hot. <laughs> yeah. As it does, it eats away all the poisons and it's um, very safe. And because you don't want to get that abscess in your jaw or anything like that. I mean, the gum boil right now is semi just telling you you're going to have issues if you don't take care of it. So. Now, how would you use the papaya leaf? What would you do? Just chew it? Or? Powder, no, it would be a powder, and then I'd stick it right on the flipping boil and let it do its work. You know, like you would a chew or a, whatever you call those things the guys do with the tobacco. Just let it sit there and do its job, and it did, and it saved me. It was a, I swear. So, to so you you ate the papaya raw, or did you cook it or something? No, it's not the fruit. It's the leaf. Oh, the leaf. Oh, you I see. it and you powder it. I use it still daily. It's what they put in Adolf's meat tenderizer. It destroys any kinds of proteins. And that's what the abscess is, is negative proteins. And so it'll take the abscess away and fortify the gum line. So you don't have to worry about swallowing it because it's a nerve. You know, you don't have to spit it out and all that. Otherwise, for pain, I would use clove oil, but that's me. But no, but that papaya saved my butt, seriously. But I don't have any original teeth now, so I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But keeping your teeth in your mouth is very important. Yeah, when we're younger, we don't make it a priority. But as you get older, it was like, why was I not paying attention? <laughs> well, I was paying attention, but the thing was, is my body just... Plus, see, I also had... The algamums, the fillings from childhood, uh, 
and I'm allergic to the nickel that the mercury breaks down into as from the filling, so I was being poisoned. The dentist said you're lucky to be alive. Within two weeks, you could have been dead. Whoa. Yeah, I had to go and do all that. So they pulled your teeth out, or they yeah. took the they pulled the teeth out. Well, oh. they were coming out on their own, so there was no sense in me waiting. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was to get it all done. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay then. Oh. Uh, so you. So Walt is better, and we gave you a little bit of information. I had not. Uh, papaya. I, as you started talking about it, I said, "Don't they use that as a tenderizer?" Right. Eight like eight was, razor. Yeah. Razor. It was. It was. Yeah. It's got yeah. enzymes in it. Interesting. But they would also they would use it for, um, like, uh, surgery on spinal cords. Because, but you can't leave it on for a long time because it will keep eating the proteins. So you got to leave it on for a little time and then you rinse it off. But if it's in your mouth, you just swallow it. You know, you don't have to worry about the rest of that. But yeah, they use it in facials and all kinds of things. It's not the fruit, it's the leaf of the plant. So you chew the leaf? No. No, you don't chew the leaf? No, you just let it sit there like you would if you were using chew like tobacco. Oh, let it sit on the area around the tooth and let it do its job. You know, your spit's going to get it moist. So it'll start getting into all the little crevices. And then it'll start eating away the poisons that's causing the gum boil. How many hours is it normally kept there? Depends on how you feel. It could be 15 minutes. Uh -huh. There's no set process except that it's powder. You stick it on the area and work it. Let it work its magic. You said powder. Yeah. Oh, so you're not uh, you're not talking about the leaf of the plant by its uh, in its raw state. You have to get the powdered powdered leaf leaf. Well, it's usually dry and then pulverized into a powder. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you can where you can, where can you get that on the herd health food store? Yes, I well, yeah, probably. Ah. Yeah, I bet you could. They might have a tea of it, and then you could even probably keep it in the tea bag if you wanted. But uh, you don't really need that much to begin with, or to use. You just want to get enough that's going to cover the area where the gum boil is. Yep. Save my now, Can you use that for something other than your teeth, like if you have a boil? Probably. But I find bay leaf is better for boils and tumors. But it's a mouth thing. It's trying to get the... What are they doing? Um, I use charcoal for other things like cysts and boils and these <laughs> I'm mad to mute if he's going to keep doing that. I'm having a new problem. Um, so what, what do you do with the charcoal? Do you use it like a, a poultice? Yeah, I have with 
Coconut oil. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> it seems like they might be cutting a tree, it sounds like. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, or it's a motorcycle, I can't tell. Is, but is this on your property or Mona's No, property? no, it's Mona's. That's why she just oh. dropped off. She just muted herself, I'm assuming. <laughs> Dang. So... So anyway, um, okay, let me ask you this. Have you tried to uh, do some tapping in regards to the to your dental issue? No, but I will. Uh, since I have nothing, it doesn't bother me on the very list, at least. I, I, it didn't occur to me, see? Well... I'm not sure. I don't think I said this on the on the program live. I think I said it to you guys before we started the show. If I'm repeating myself, geez. Um, I had gone through, you know, some time, days, like seven days, maybe ten days, of feeling very fatigued. So I did take that book out, and I started to look at it. And so much of it, Walt, was enterology, one-on-one, oh. you know. And, um, yeah, they had stories in it and stuff. But I, I just, all I wanted to do was give me the directions, give me the directions. And so then I came across the directions, and he talked about, what do they call it? Where is the book? Oh, I've gone and moved it. Um, the original recipe, I think. The original full recipe that he first sort of settled on. Gary, I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, uh -huh. Gary. Um, so it was an appendix in the back of the book. Appendix A. It's 10 pages. That's all. 10 pages. So I went there, and yes, we had talked about it enough that I understood, you know, quite a bit about what it was all, you know, because I've, I've studied enterology for so long. I mean, you know, I coined that phrase in, I think it was like 83, because I, I'm saying to myself, nobody else was doing this kind of study that I knew, and I, we didn't have the internet or anything. And um, I said, so what would I call this science? And I started to think about what you call other sciences, and the one that stood out was biology. What's biology mean? It's the study of biological life. And so that's where the word enterology came from. It's the study of energy. And so a lot of what they were initially talking about was something that I knew. But then I get into this one section and, you know, because I'm skimming through it. I'm, I'm just going through it, looking for the directions. And he said that... Um, How did he put it? The, he said the tapping points are actually acupuncture points, or as somebody who's familiar with the, the science would probably call an acupoint. And that the acupoints are the, I can't, they didn't use, it was some, I think he used some weird term that I hadn't thought of as being a thing. But the acupoints are connected to the meridian system. And the meridian system goes completely through your body. It's a it's a circuit. It's an electric or a bioelectromagnetic circuit. 
Well, I have read a lot of stuff I say about energy, and not too many people get into the concept of meridian, but meridian to me was very, very critical. Because when I first started to really get into energy and healing, it was through uh, Dr. Gerber's book, Vibrational Medicine. And I think that could have been published in the 70s, I'm not sure, but I think by the 80s that, that I had, was already studying it. And he, he, what he was doing was that, I can't remember the backstory as to how he got into it, but he was going through all the research that he could find regarding energy, basically. He was doing enterology. That's the first book on enterology, in my opinion. And he, so he finds this, uh, <clears throat> I think it was South Korea, a South Korean doctor. And the doctor, somehow or another, well, being oriental, he probably was uh, familiar with acupoints and all this. Somehow or another, he understood, because the, the people in acupuncture, they understand the meridian system as the rest of us. So he, um, he, got, he got thinking about the meridian system, the acupuncture points and everything. And I'm not sure how he did it, but they were able to somehow uptake a phosphate, I think. I'm trying to think of which one into this <clears throat> acupuncture point that was then taken into the meridian system. The meridian system just pulled it right in. And this this stuff was radioactive is what it was. It had a slight radioactive so that they could actually see what happened. And it was in animals, not human beings, animals, okay? Uh, the one that, and maybe maybe they just started with them, I don't know. But the one that they that he was focused on was this experiment with a chicken embryo. So they've got this chicken embryo. They know where the acupuncture points are on the chicken. God only knows how. And they give him this uh, radioactive phosphate solution, whatever it was. And now they got a map of the meridian system in an embryo. So they were able to watch this embryo begin to diversify so that you start getting you start seeing the the stomach the liver you know the, the different inside intestinal stuff and and other structures that are building within the confines of the sac that is the embryo and it turned out that the meridians were sort of like creating a blueprint for the 3d molecules to follow and the conclusion from that study was that um, the meridian system is the first system it doesn't come after everything else it's the first system that you see in the body so it got me excited that they were talking directly in terms of the acupoints and but that they knew about the meridian system because if you wonder why does this particular modality seem to work so quickly it's because you're going back to the basic blueprint and the blueprint is a living blueprint so you oh, make a you change want, you, there you call them meridian in, 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 in india india they're called, they're nadis. called nadis no they're okay that's a different thing walt 
that's well, a second. Well, no, that uh, circuit, circuit. Yes, they are circuits, but it's not. There's a the nadius circuit, and then there's a meridian circuit. And yes, the the, the ancient Indian culture talks about the nadius, but in fact, that is the blueprint for the nervous system. Okay. In other words, they have a sa the same purpose. Their structures are very probably identical. But that system follows the nerves. You you start to see the nerves, and again, this was research that Dr. Gerber did. The the nerves, not that he did, but that he found out and put out. And that book is still in print, by the way. Um, the 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 concept of the nadius is that it it creates the nerves of the body, the nervous system. But as far as the structure of the internal organs, that comes from the meridian system that very, very few people talk about. And yet, to me, was very important within, the, within my understanding of what Dr. Gerber was into. Yeah, there's two systems. Oh. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating, I mean, so anyway, so that, but, but what I was saying is that because you're going back to the blueprint, you know, then that blueprint is the original, the, the, where the genesis of everything else. So you make an, a change to that, you make a change to everything. And that's why it happens so fast. Because those things are, there's a, a concept of, of, where, where are they in your body time-wise? And time-wise, they are the beginning of your body. Both, both systems, Walt. I'm not, you know, the, the, the two systems are sort of, sort of together. I mean, they about the same time frame. But uh, the nervous system come in, comes in after you've got the structure for all of the, which makes sense, because how are you going to tie in a nervous system if you haven't got the organs to tie into? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah. all these, uh, all remember, creation comes from the top down. All, all the elect, all the energy stuff gets put in place before anything appro approaching a physical manifestation appears. All of that uh, exists as a pure energy. Then you get the solid, uh, solid manifestations beginning to manifest around those those patterns. Yes. Yes, that's, that's why when you, that's why when you when somebody uh, accesses their etheric body, it, the etheric body is complete. It's not missing anything at all. In fact, that's one of the biggest pr problem is like somebody who has had a major op uh, operation or an accident where they've lost a limb. Well, the etheric body still has that limb. I mean, that's that, that they've never been able to satisfy the satisfactorily explain the phantom limb uh, process. You know, they say phantom limb, oh, it's just something to do with the nerves. And no, phantom limb is because you're still feeling the pain on that leg, which is still there in, in the etheric body. It's not there in the physical, but it's there in the etheric. So you still, uh, my mother's grandfather, he had that issue. He had a, he lost a leg because he he was such a, he was consuming such volumes of tobacco. His blood was so thick. It wasn't blood anymore. It was syrup. 
they actually had to cut off a leg. And when, when he, years even after the leg was cut off, he would complain that that particular foot was hurting. He, he said the, 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 his, his, uh, the pain in the, in, the to, in the toes of the missing foot, that's where, that was, he was here. He said, my toes are killing me and there is no toe. What, what, what are you gonna do? There's no toes. They had to cut out the leg up, up at the, at the uh, knee and yet he's complaining about the pain in his in his foot. His toes are killing him. <laughs> well, they <clears throat> they have um, lots of pictures now, but the ones that I first saw of Carilion photography, and they would take a leaf and get the imaging of the uh, the aura field off of the leaf that was in a perfect condition, and then they would tear off part of it like sometimes half or sometimes just a piece but every time they took the Carillion photography even though the 3d was no longer there you still saw the you still saw the energy field the, the complete the complete leap yep yep and that 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 would explain it all mm-hmm mm-hmm and probably that that would give you uh, the ability to regrow in some well, way. That's, well, that's, that's, that's another, that's another um, um, sabotage on humanity because, like for example, uh, I uh, I don't I'm not, I don't remember. Don't don't ask me to tell you what book was it he got it from. But my father had a book and it documented things that humanity things about human nature that happened in the middle ages and for example in in the middle ages a 40 year old man could regrow a tooth they had a a, a broken tooth or a, a infected tooth whatever and they had to remove it then months later a new tooth would come up why is it that in, in modern times man uh, Men only have have one final dentition when they reach, you know, adulthood. And then if something happens with the tooth, you have to replace with, with a false teeth or some other kind of, of apparatus because you won't have an, another wife. What some what causes what is blocking the body from growing a tooth, which is just it's normal tissue. Why should it be so well, you know? We've been uh, sabotaged so over and over by this cabal that I'm not surprised. That's one of the that's one of the consequences of all the chemical soup that we exist in. We are not able to grow uh, teeth past a certain age. So, well, I had an Indian doctor who said that if he could have caught me in time, he would have had me growing all my own teeth back. Yeah. Well, I can't say it isn't real or true. But why didn't you get? Why didn't you go with him? What was the? Too late. Oh. She already lost. She already lost the teeth. Well, can't you grow back, even though the tooth isn't there? Well, it's like point? little seed stars. It's it's a process, but. I'm going to worry about it now. <laughs> well, I can't even feed the cat fast enough right now. 
Ah, Shadow, you're being such a pain in a book. There was a, a, a cat <laughs> event last night. I'm on the computer, and all of a sudden there is this screeching. Like, you know, it's, it's not that the cat's hurt, the cat's pissed. The screeching, and it was one that I hadn't quite heard before. But then the little cat that lives inside the house here, she was laying down there in the hall, and I thought, did one of the other cats see her? And then, you know, do this. So I kind of sat here because she had walked out. She was like, I'm out of here, you know. And then it happened again. And I haven't a clue as to who was doing what. To, well, I know the two involved. I don't know who was the procrastinator. But it was, I, I, for some reason, it just struck me funny. <laughs> You know, screeching and hollering is like, oh, I'm over the screeching and hollering <laughs> type of thing. Um, let's see. You okay. thought you were in a political rally all of a sudden? Say that again. <laughs> you thought you were in a political rally all of a sudden? With all that screeching? Oh, no, I thought it was more like <laughs> being, no, it was more like being in the streets of New York. <laughs> oh. With the with the thousands of children, rioting. I mean, you know that story, yes or no? No, I'm not. Oh, you don't know that know. story. I don't know oh, what the particulars on that story. This story is fun. Some one of these uh, influencers on TikTok, I think it was. I'm not really sure. He posts that he's going to be in I don't know Central Square or whatever at such and such a time. And he's going to give away these play, play something or others. But they're little computers. What do they call them? PlayStation. PlayStation. Thank you, Mona. And so he's going to give away so many of these PlayStations. So they got down there and the police chief said, so we started out with a few hundred. And he said, within... No time, it was thousands. It's like thousands of kids living in, in the area just ran down there and then they started breaking cars and screaming at the cops and oh my God. This happened recently? Yeah, in the last, I think, two days ago. Oh. <laughs> it's like crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, I guess the 5G's working to screw up people's brains. Yes, I mean, we know that technology is there. Um, yeah. Well, remember the big thing that they had for a little while was that Pokemon Go? And so you were seeing holograms and things like that, but they weren't looking in the reality of what really is happening around them. They only cared about what was on the phone. I'm not sure I followed you. Say that again. There was something going around in the um, phone thing called Pokemon Go. And they were setting up all these holograms in different places around the world. Yeah, I remember that one. 
Sorry, keep, keep going. Well, that's basically what I remember is they would go out and like into traffic and not realize they're in traffic because they're caught in this hologram. Well, they're they're following the they're instead of looking at the traffic, they're looking at the uh, the uh, phone screen, looking right. at the Pokemon. It just so happened that Pokemon is floating in the middle of the street where the traffic is, and they, but they're just too stupid to realize. Oh, I wonder what happens if I walk into incoming traffic. Hmm, let's check it out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Craziness, pure craziness. How simply we are to fall for stupid shit. The Pokemon will save my life. <laughs> that, that's rather disturbing. Yeah, it yeah, is. When, I remember when they came to the Twin Cities here, but this was this is pre, prior to the uh, pandemic, pandemic thing. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So did enough people die so they banned it? No, I don't know how whatever. I, I do remember the hubbub of people running to different places to locate, you know, got to catch that Pokemon. Um, but I don't I know I don't remember uh, reports of of yeah. <laughs> of uh, fatalities based on that stupid thing. It left as quick as it came. <laughs> yeah, well, it reminds me of a story uh, where my brother had taken his kids to his shop, and his shop was like a machine shop, and he had made this track area where he could run around on this go-kart that was actually just right off the floor, and he was using uh, compressed air, okay? And so he all the way up there, he tells these kids, you know, about safety and safety and safety and safety. And he gets there and he goes, okay, so come, I'll show you where they are. And as soon as the kids took a look at these things, they yelled, Mario! And they jumped on him and just started to drive and crashed. <laughs> and they, instead of being hurt or anything, they were just laughing their asses off. And so he just took these kids, put them right back in the car, and took them back home. And he said about a week later, he'd come home from work, and he hears them yelling, Mario, Mario. So he goes into the room, and he says, it's, it, he says it's some kind of an electronic game, and it's this Mario brothers that run around in these Mario carts. And we both realized that this was, like, kind of scary in that, but understandable, um... They were in a different reality than Mark was. In Mark's reality, you could have gotten killed. In their reality, no, it's the Mario brothers. They never get killed. Right. Or if they die, they come right back. Exactly. Exactly. So no that's what made, made me aware of the dangers of these things. Yep, no repercussions. Yeah, oh, very... so, so now, oh, there you you just thought of a new a new uh, school course. How to tell the difference between reality and fiction? <laughs> one will get you killed, the other one will not. Reality well, is what I think it is. <laughs> That's why they trained all the 
army guys with the drones. They don't realize they're killing people. To them, it's just a video game. Yeah, that's sad. So, so that that's it. They did it. They they uh, did it. Uh, they released video games on the public to see how far they could go on the desensitization. You know how sensitized are people? So, right. so that so then we now we know we knew work how to deploy this in the field. So the operators are totally desensitized, and we can get them to kill anybody that we want. And you're just hitting a target. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just disconnect them from the human equation. To them, it's just a game. There is there aren't any humans. That's why I despise the video games. But my sons would sit there hour upon hour compiling the program with all the dots, dits, and all the, you know. So, hey, this was way back. You know, remember Commodore Gateway and all those early first personal pro computers? Oh, you mean the Ataris and everything? <laughs> all of those? They on the Commodore and the Gateway. They would sit there for hours copying the program to make the games. They didn't just buy the game. They had to literally put the dots and the dashes and the ones and, you know, to make the games. So this is what, 1990? No. Let's see, 80s. Got to be middle 80s. Wow. Yeah, that's about right. So, and I couldn't even touch a computer. It would fail on me. I couldn't do programs, couldn't do nothing. Didn't want to either, so. I didn't touch a computer till nine, till later, 97. Totally did. When, yeah. I, had been at, when I had been in the Army, they uh, told me about these personal computer things that were going to be, you know, it sounded like sci-fi but then after i was out for a while um something made me aware of the fact that these things were in fact available so i went down to the only computer store in the state of florida which was not far from where i was and i went in there and i said you know i want the state of the art computer meaning the best one you got and because I was you know prior military I knew certain ter terminology and I actually went to the bank and told them about this computer buy because I had enough money to buy another used car or a computer at that time and so this was a community bank uh, you know type of thing and they came back the next day and said, you know, we think you're right. So I was like the first person in at least that bank that ever got a computer loan, personal loan for a computer. But this thing turned out to be an electronic typewriter. <laughs> for, for my purposes, that was it. You know, it was like when they first started coming out with these things, what were they good for, Walt? <laughs> Well, like you said, typing, you know, typing letters. Well, you you don't have to deal with any more uh, 
uh, what, do you, what was uh, that thing that they made uh, for? Um, uh, what, what was it that uh, that white material that was used to make erasions on paper? It was white out. Uh, yeah, that, that was it. White out. I remember going through tons of white out when I, I was at, when I had a traditional typewriter, and you have to you can't type everything all over again because of one stupid little letter. So you use the little strip of whiteout. Sometimes if you're not careful enough, you end up using a lot of that strip, but at least you get the job done. It, it, you get rid of the uh, of the mistake and cover it up with white. But that was that was it. That was the only the only thing you had that, that you that you could, uh, you know, uh, er erasing when you when you had a uh, depending on what is it that the material that you're typing you sometimes you are able to erase it with an eraser but the, sometimes it wouldn't work so when the word processor came around it was so comfortable you don't have to you don't have to destroy so much paper just to type one letter <laughs> yeah one, <laughs> one a few sent a few sentences of text no you you can actually you can rewrite it or erase it, correct it, edit it, and you don't have to waste any paper. So that was really convenient. And depending Smith on the Corona. Mine was a Smith Corona. <laughs> I remembered it. I loved my what you call. But that was a typewriter. That wasn't a computer. Right, but I had both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I had this computer that was all electronic, and yes, everything you said is absolutely true, but I didn't trust it. Every time I wrote a page, I printed it out. <laughs> I wasn't sure about that memory thing. So, computers, the old days. And kids, they don't remember any of that. <laughs> not, not whatsoever. Okay, so um, I've got some, well, what happened was that I was doing uh, Radio 5G Other Voices, and somehow or another I ended up on an interview with some guy named Gene Ho, who I've never heard before, with somebody who was uh, D-O-N-N-E, Clement, and she was the daughter, she is the daughter of Kim Clement, and he was a prophet, but a musician, and he, uh, he died, uh, he died a few days after Trump was elected uh, in 2016, but he goes back, you know, the earliest one I've seen was, I think, 09, and there's probably some more before that. But he does these prophecies. He talks to God or he sees something and he tells people about this. And over the years, he's been very accurate about a, a lot of things. But the, then it got weird, okay? So I decided I would use this interview because it was pretty cool. So then I decide that, how did that happen? Oh, it was just... Last yesterday, I I needed the uh, Cosmic Reality Chronicles. I needed another episode, so I go down the list, following the shows in order that they have. 
And I keep a... I'm getting it. Thank you. And, and the one that was there, the next one up, was a show where we talked about him, Kim Clement, back in 2020. So the synchronicity just blew me away. So I do have um, a, a tape. Uh, yeah, we've got time, I think. Let me just look at this thing. Okay, let me get down to the bottom here, where they are. Eighteen. No, we don't have time for that one. So, okay, so what I'm going to play is a six-minute version, a six-and-a-half-minute version. And this was clips from 2014 into 2017. All right. No, because it couldn't have been 2017. I don't know what that was. So I've got to change those numbers. I think I wrote them in there. Anyway, they were, in most cases, it was all before he even Trump had announced. And it's a, uh, it's just a compilation of, of some things that you'll find. I think... You make you think. Let's put it that way. So let's do that. Fury has ended. Hear me. But I have found a man after my own heart. I have found a man after my own heart, and he is amongst you. The highest court in the land, the Supreme Court. Two shall step down for the embellishment of what shall take place. For I wish to place in the highest court in the land righteousness. And they shall attempt to put others in to endeavor, to reach their endeavors. But God says, hear me tonight. Hear me today. I have this whole thing planned out according to my will. For it is now time for me to restore the fortunes of Zion. I couldn't quite see his face because that was not allowed. Because there was a mist that covered all the people and he was amongst them. And the Spirit of God made me look at him and he said, This man will throttle the enemies of Israel. This man will throttle the enemies of the West. And there are highly embarrassing moments that are about to occur for many, many politicians in this nation. There'll be a shaking amongst... There will be a shaking amongst the de Democrats in the upcoming elections, but unsettling for the Republicans. Why is, why is God doing this? For God said, I am dissatisfied with what emerges from both parties. And then there is a nation he showed me, took me, itching for a new kind of war with America. They will shout, impeach, impeach, they say. 
but nay. This nation shall come very subtly, but he shall not come in the time of President Obama. They shall come when this new one arises, my David, that I have set aside for this nation. A man of prayer, a man of choice words, not a man who is verbose, who has verbosity, who speaks too much. They will even say, this man is not speaking enough. But God says, I have set him aside. They will shout, impeach, impeach, but this shall not happen. And then God says, highly embarrassing moments when another Snowden arises. And people will become very afraid. They'll say, we have no protection. And then God says, am I impressed with your weapons of war? Am I impressed with the strength of your men's legs? Ha! I have said I will bring this nation to its knees. The man that I have raised up, pray. For the enemy will do everything in his power to put a witch in the White House. Did anybody hear what he just said? For Jezebel has chased away the prophets and even Elijah. Now I have said, go back. For this shall be dismantled so that there will be no more corruption in the White House, says the Spirit. This that shall take place shall be the most unusual thing. A transfiguration. A going into the marketplace, if you wish. Into the news media. Where Time Magazine will have no choice but to say what I want them to say. Newsweek, what I want to say. The View, what I want to say. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. Trump shall become a trumpet. I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet and Bill Gates to open up the gate of a financial realm for the church, says the Lord. I will not forget 9-11. I will not forget what took place that day. And I will not forget the gatekeeper that watched over New York, who will once again stand and watch over this nation says the spirit of god it shall come to pass that the man that i place in the highest office shall go in whispering my name but god said when he enters into the office he will be shouting out by the power of the spirit but i shall fill him with my spirit when he goes into office and there will be a praying man in the highest seat in your land will be a praying president not a religious one, but I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say he has hot blood. For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. Listen to the word of the Lord. 
God says, I will put at your helm for two terms. A president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord of hosts. Come on! So, what did you guys think of that? <laughs> too much too screaming. Much screaming. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You're why a psychic, did, boss. Why did you why think, you think that Bill Gates is going to help us out when he's only done nothing but damages? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It wasn't a completely accurate. But then again, if you look at what he said, you know, um, who knows? Because he did but, one where it was the two presidents, which was the Biden-Trump thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of them. And um, what is the, their website? Because it's for nothing. Uh, houseofdestiny.com houseofdestiny.com or campclinette.com uh, you can get there too they do uh, they, they're going through all the the tapes of his you know prophecies and putting them together and, and his daughter and, the, uh, and his wife he's not alive anymore? no 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 in uh, November of 2016, a couple of days after Trump was uh, elected, he died. He'd been, he had a, it sounded like some kind of an immune deficiency, something that, you know, over the, it took two years of disintegrating health. So, um, Anyway, I've got a longer one of him. Do you want to hear it when we come back or not? You're the boss. Walter. No, no, no. You're not going to hear any objection from me. I get too much heat from that. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do right now. We'll uh, let's see. What is it? It's uh, well, we can take a two-minute early break, and um, I wasn't prepared to do this. What are we going to put it up here? So I hope that Dolly's having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What do we got? i got a lot of things on. i got to clean this thing out. Wow. It's like going back into time. Mm -hmm. By the time we find something, we will be on... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Come on, come on. Oh boy, this is so funny. I mean, I've got copies of copies. An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price. Mysticalwares.com/live-dash auctions. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. 
Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree, and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Oni, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balance to stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to Cosmic Reality. It's August 8th, 2023. My name is my name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Um, Dolly's on vacation. <laughs> so, uh, you guys back? I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Everyone, everyone. Um, what I decided was that, that um, I wasn't going to play that unless we run out of stuff to talk about. Because then it's on your your fault <laughs> um what would you like to talk about Walt? what do you have you been listening seeing anything that was oh i'll ask you a question have you seen the movie nefarious uh uh no no what what's the what, subject? what's the subject the title of it is um an atheist meets a demon Oh, yeah, <laughs> very yeah. <laughs> a happy, a happy full of mirth movie. It, huh? Well, it it was it was being tagged uh, Christian horror story. <laughs> I kid you not. Uh, you know, and it, it's actually supposedly a very excellent story. And uh, it's not something I want to see, but I—that's tomorrow on uh, 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 Radio Five G, Other Voices. One of the shows, one of the clips that I do is about somebody discussing this with the man who was wrote the book that it's based on, and then was 
doing the uh, essentially the screenplay for the movie, and it was very interesting. So, so they're actually going to use that storyline that, that they used forever and ever. I mean, there are <clears throat> there are several films where somewhere along the along the storyline of the film, somebody brings forth this statement. I I don't know if it's taken from the Bible because I never read the Bible, but the statement goes that the devil was so wily and so smart that he was able to convince humanity that he did not exist. So that's why people were taken unawares because they don't re they ne they never suspected that he exists there and he does. That's why he's what I was able to pull the wool over everybody because it, the devil convinced humanity that he did not exist. So it sounds like the 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 the, the basis for the movie because here you have a, a, a what do you call it a, a non-believer, you know, facing the subject of his non-belief. <laughs> so who's gonna win? The non-believer or the or the actual entity. So they, it's like try, they're trying to, you know, like they're putting their themselves in a very powerful light. I mean, we are so powerful. We 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 know we are real. You you can you can argue we don't exist as, as, as for all the for all eternity, but it doesn't matter because we actually do exist. <clears throat> and you're a falling subject. You know you're you're being you're victimized by your own scientific non-belief. So. Well, they're not my reality. <laughs> it's not that I don't know they're there. It's just like not in my reality. I don't want them here. Go away. I did. did you see the, uh, the um that that was a really um interesting and very powerful uh, article. Did you see the last one that uh, Inelia sent? No, I was going to ask you, but I saw that it came in. I didn't have time to look at it. What yeah, that, that was amazing. Is like I wasn't aware of it. This is uh, information that she 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 puts the source where she got this from, where a scientist. Well, why uh, don't you want to read it? You, you want yeah, to read it? Yeah, let me go. Let me grab go grab it. Okay. Yeah, I thought about that just before we were starting the show, and then I forgot about it. So good you remembered what I was trying to remember. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, let me. Anelia Benz is a, a person who's been in the uh, alternative metaphysical woo-woo environment for a very long time. And she has proven herself to be somebody that can just, it, it, she gives you a whole different perspective on reality from her point of view. And she's never been here in the 3D before. She can be very funny, but she's um, a lot of... Okay, here it is. This, uh, the title of this is called Locking Timelines. Okay. The book that I am working on at the moment, The Planet of Entry, is the third of the return series of sci-fi books written to deliver knowledge about how our universe works in an accessible and entertaining way. <clears throat> for this third book, 
one of the main themes is how to lock in a timeline that delivers to us the experience we are collectively after. We could think of timelines as projections of possible futures, in parentheses as it happens, also possible pasts. In my book, one of the main characters, an AI called 223, is stuck in a timeline loop, forever going back into the past and watching as his co-protagonists make different choices, sending him back again until a choice is made that locks him finally into one particular timeline. We hope he has locked into the successful one where our heroes win the day. After the first draft of Planet of Entry was finished, which you can read on the forum at walkwithmenow.com, Larry and I noticed that several of the TV shows we started watching were about, in quotations, fixing the timeline to what should be after someone messed up uh, either accidentally or on purpose by traveling into the past. Then one day, as we were driving to the res, we were listening to a podcast that we haven't heard before. Julian Dory, although he is a comedian, in his interview, he was talking with a man called Ron James during their exploration of reality. They talked about how scientists have discovered that plants went into a state of quantum superposition during photosynthesis. My ears picked perked up immediately as I and I told Larry, oh my God, he just explained in a few words what it took me a whole a whole novel to explain. I am not a physicist, so don't use the terminology the same way as a scientist would, but I get the general idea of what quantum means in their lexicon. The definition of quantum that I knew is the one I found on the internet dictionary. Quantum is the smallest amount of a physical quantity that can exist independently, especially a discrete quantity of electromagnetic radiation. What I have heard people talking about when they use the word, the word quantum is wrapped up in parallel universes and multiple timelines, which I find to be much more interesting. But this essay is not about an explanation or discussion about quantum physics, so let's proceed with the story. This is what the interviewee, Ron James, said. What they found, scientists, was that this plant was collapsing into a quantum state when it sent the photon, the photon on all possible routes through the plant, then collapsed back into the physical reality and took the most logical route. Basically, what is going on is it's sidestepping the laws of physics, going into a quantum state outside the laws of physics to determine its best possible way of executing the task within physical reality. And quote, when I look, looked at the papers where quantum photosynthesis was discussed, it seemed that some theorists pointed to quantum mechanics and imaginary time. The superposition, instead of solid position and nature, what Ron calls physical reality, of the photon traveling through the plant, superposition being a possible state of multiple natures rather than one and multiple places rather than one. Uh, I need to make a pause here because I, I shared this with uh, one of our listeners that I, 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 um, I, what I did is after I finished reading this article, I decided to douse a question. And my question was, 
Is the fullerene in shungite able to choose the pathway for a photon as a plant does? And my pendulum said yes. So to me, that explains why the shungite is able to be programmed and it's able to do so many things that you you would say, how can how can a mineral be doing this? Well, if it can do that superposition thing and actually choose the best possible route for for a photon, then why shouldn't it be do, able able to do the this and more? Anyway, I digress. Uh, superposition being a possible state of multiple natures rather than one and multiple places rather than just one. He mentions that he is not a physicist, and it appears to me that he is using the word quantum in the form of multiple dimensions and timelines. But when looking at his statement and the conclusions of the scientists, they were trying to figure out how a plant picks the most efficient route for a photon to travel in. His explanation is as good as any. In fact, it is better than most. You see, it's hard to explain the nature of physicality. Many do explain it quite accurately using vocabulary borrowed from different schools of thought, but then those schools of thought get mad at their words being used incorrectly. I have seen this a lot when it comes to spiritual or consciousness explorers and teachers using words from quantum physics. A lot of physicists get super mad and start labeling those discussions pseudoscience and such like. Sometimes though, like the quantum photosynthesis explorations in plants, for example, the results lead us straight into the into how the macro world works. That a plant would step out of time and space and allow the photon to travel all routes at the same time, then going back to time space, having locked the most efficient route. In quotations, Choosing the in quote and quotes, uh, choosing the most efficient route for the photo to for the photo to travel on. Uh, close quotes actually explains how we do life on this physical reality very very well. One thing to take into consideration is that although the plant may have stepped out of reality in order to take the photo photon on all possible routes, it stays a plant and the photon stays a photon. In other words. The singularity of each persists outside of reality, and they interact with each other within the dynamic of plant and photon, even though they no longer are in the agreed upon reality of time and space, where they solidly exist as plant and photon. In the book, The Planet of Entry, the air character is outside of linear time, trying the different paths into the future. But for the reader and its co-protagonist, it is doing this over and over in linear times that are parallel to each other until one timeline locks and all the other vanish for him, and thus the readers. Of course, we hope that the final decision that locks the timeline in the book by someone with huge influence over the experience of many and many others takes all of them into a happy and bright future. But locking, locking the most positive timeline and traveling happily into the future is not the case for every one of us here, the people of Earth. However, it is something that many of us who are reading this essay need to know how to do and start doing it. Many of us here now 
know when something is amiss with our reality. Many knew from the get-go, from when they were kids, that there was something wrong with life and the world here. This knowing doesn't seem to be something the general population has or is aware of. However, we can look at our present immediate timeline and think, does this timeline feel right? We look at it from the perspective of all the choices we have made in our lives and can get a really good idea of whether we are on the right track or not. When we meld into the present time, we can, uh, we can test for timeline of things in quotes. And yes, we can fix those. And by off things, I don't mean falling into a belief that this timeline doesn't feel right because I don't have a Ferrari in the, in the garage, when in fact, we never did anything to get the type of income that allows for a Ferrari and the garage to be put in it. It is more in the nature of our reality, our society or life has gone awry somehow. Often light workers will go off track after they meet someone influential, like they might call a twin flame or soulmate, teacher or authority, and their goals, inspirations and plans go out the window. Light workers losing track of why they are here and going off in other pursuits instead of, is part of the nature of our reality. We came in knowing that we would lose our awareness of self and mission, knowing that there was a strong possibility that we would lose our way and as soon as we landed, we were bombarded by alternatives. One of the things that most light workers are not aware of is that individuals within the human collective are naturally led by authority. Because we're a high frequency species, the authority would, in a natural setting, be good, nourishing, inspiring, and would lead us into a life asserting positive experiences in life and in the world. However, the world has been in a light-dark paradigm for a long time. A light-dark paradigm means that we experience unnatural states here on Earth. We experience darkness. We are not victims of this choice of experiencing darkness in our life. We knew coming in that this world and the people and other pe species on it had chosen to have a dual experience of light and dark. Therefore, experiencing darkness in itself is not in quotes wrong timeline. It is also true that we were born here at this time and space to put an end to the light-dark paradigm and to bring us humans and other species on Earth back to our natural state of light. Yes, to lock in that light timeline. The natural tendency to be influenced by authority is highly exploited by those individuals who do not want the light-dark paradigm to end, and they can influence the population into choosing darkness. In other words, they can influence the population to lock into the experience of fear, war, conflict, torture, abuse, enslavement, exploitation, suffering, etc. How does that work? How does, does, how, how does an external influence have the ability to lock a timeline for a person that they would not otherwise have chosen? The methodology on how how to carry it is uh, how to carry it out is complex. It involves keeping the masses in a voluntary infantile state, so that they will naturally give their authority away. 
It also involves controlling the perception and narrative of reality at a mass and global scale. People, the people come from a place of trust because naturally our species would be led by groups of individuals who are in, inclined to care for humanity and who want the best and most positive experiences for their fellows. Most people would find it shocking to know that a majority of authorities, whether government, health, education, etc., are guiding the masses to harm themselves and others. The timeline those people have placed in authority want to lock in place is one that promotes darkness, and the, and the individuals are only care only to control and exploit others and the environment in order to rise to power over others. To lock another person's experience requires that person's free will choice. Ultimately, it is the person who has to make the choice for their lives. They agree to allow another to choose for them, which is a roundabout way them exerting their personal choice. Only it's not done from a conscious or life-supporting place. This is necessary when a person wants to have a dark experience and they naturally would choose low frequency choices for themselves. The only way to have those is to create a complex and entangled mess of choices where they choose, where they close their eyes and let the dark, the dark being lead them. That's how you know when the timeline is wobbling. Nonsense is, nonsense is sold as sensible. Fear is sold as necessary for your own good. Death is sold as life. And pain is sold as a, as a salvation. And then we come into the complexity of how a person makes choices from before birth. Throughout their lives and into death, most of my tools and the information I share with you are designed to bring conscious awareness of choice into people's lives. Ways in which persons can open their eyes and see whether they have given their authority or of narrative to another person and then take it back. How a timeline is locked for billions of people is a matter of a critical mass of those people choosing one particular outcome. That outcome then is experienced differently by different people. For example, let's say there was a war. The war is agreed upon all by all the participants. But some of them might get very rich, while others might die in the battlefield or at home, having been shot or bombed out of existence. Same decision, different outcomes. One might think, why would anybody want to experience dying or being maimed or tortured in a war? And that's when we remember that a species on Earth decided to have a dark experience. Dark worker influencers and the media at large are ultimately attempting to lock the timelines for their sole benefit. What they perceive as being a benefit is a place where the fear is used to control the masses, a place where the masses need to be controlled in order to be exploited, and the energy they generate through fear keep dark forces on our shared reality. They narrow the possible outcomes to low-frequency ones, by giving obvious but dark choices in people's minds and lives of what's possible and real. And at this time on Earth, we need to become cognizant of the workings of decisions and how they influence our experiences. We need to become aware that the reason we have felt there is something very wrong with this timeline is because we are here to fix it. 
going be back to the example of the plant and the photon and how it relates to both the people who want to generate that dark experience on Earth and us, let us say that at, at, at a mechanical level, the people in power over others are the plant and the population is the photon. They have seen through analysis and mystical means and tried many paths to their goal of keeping darkness on Earth. They are now doing their best to lock the human collective into the most efficient path to keeping darkness going. But why now? And why do they have to do so much work to get it accomplished? It most certainly not, is not the path of least resistance. And how come you are learning of this, of this mechanization and how to counteract it? Let's remember that we are experiencing a split in reality. On the one hand, there are billions of people who chose to continue having both light and dark experiences on Earth. And on the other hand, there is us. Not only us who know that fear and exploitation are unnatural, but also us who are here to put the human collective on Earth back on track to a natural and expansive reality. We may think, how can a little influ how can little me influence the world in a way when there are billions of people choosing darkness? Let's go back to the word quantum and why so many people think it's about timelines and multiple universes. You see, physicists have discovered that when looking at reality in its smallest possible expression, the quantum measured expression, none of the accepted macro rules of reality apply. A photon might be here or there, influence a photon on the other side of the universe, or, on, or, or not be a photon at, at all, but a wave, or become multiple things not just a photon, for a time or forever. And they also discovered that this, discovered that this tiny level of measurement, it was actually quite hard to measure the thing. It seemed to change just by trying to measure it or even looking at it. All this weirdness in quantum physics was spoken about by, and, and people, clever people immediately saw the parallel in quantum physics and the experience of life in a physical universe where awareness, consciousness and choices are made. So, how do we, the photon in the story, tell the plant what path to choose for our experience of life here on Earth? Like workers have a very good sense of direction. When a mal timeline goes off, we know it. We can resist the temptation to fall into the fear and narratives and and fear narratives, which are being used to lead the masses into dark experiences. Not only that, but by not falling for it, we provide new paths to other experiences. We influence everyone else who has ever felt that there is something wrong with our reality, and combined we start finding a path to our natural state of light and the awareness and expansion this provides. Influencers on the planet are unable to lock a timeline into dark experiences, so they do the next possible the next possible thing, which is to convince millions of people to think that dark experiences are inevitable, unavoidable, and actually beneficial. But don't forget that those billions of people have chosen and agreed to have those dark experiences to begin with. They have chosen to please be led down the dark path of fear and control. Many light workers fall for those narratives too, 
most often from a place of trust and compassion and innocence. But eventually they see the truth and they can inform themselves on how to get back on the right track. They say, wait, mm, no, this isn't the way, the way. Feel into your timeline at this moment for this day and ask yourself, was I true to myself today? Or did I fall for fear, anger, stupidity in my intentions, interactions with myself and others? Ultimately, that's how we navigate, unlock the most efficient path to our reality that is fear-free, war-free, torture-free, and exploitation-free. We, we scan ourselves on our choices on a day-to-day -day basis, on a quantum basis, unconsciously perceive where we are leading ourselves. The more of us we do this, the easier it becomes for all of us. Start today. The book I am writing, The Planet of Entry, as one person locked the timeline of the universe. How she did it is through influence, a given, agreed upon, established, and respected influence. Did others lock timelines, lock different timelines in that fictional reality? Yes, but we will never hear about it because our protagonists will not experience those timelines. Don't be influenced by false authorities to take you down narratives that are unnatural and false. Take back your authority and use it for your benefit and the benefit of, hu of the human collective on Earth. Be aware of the narrative you created and, cho and choose on a moment-to-moment -moment basis at a quantum level. Be aware of who you allow yourself to be influenced by and make sure their narratives are liberating and fear-free. And, and here she also puts the um, the name of that podcast, uh, Julian Dory podcast. The title is Secret Pentagon Insiders Fear UFOs Are Biblical Demons. Uh, the, the author is Ron James and one, I guess, 151 must be the number of the podcast. What station? Rumble or YouTube or what? Uh, that, that is not stated. It just says, I guess we have to look for it. Oh, okay. Let me let me do a search, a web search. Uh, yeah, see. we can get a link to that because that was a lot of information. I started to take it down and then didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Mona, what are you thinking out there in Mona Land? Do you agree? Huh? Yeah, I think it's a very it was a good read. It's on YouTube. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna copy it so that I can give you the link. She always has made sense to me. Okay, here we go. Because I've been following her for a long time, like you guys. Yeah. She brings a lot to the table. But uh, that thing, I, I couldn't help it. That thing got my attention about the plant uh, ordering the, the photon. So I couldn't help it. I, I asked the question, if Shanghai is able to do that, I got yes. And, and, and to me, it, made, it, it didn't seem crazy. It's, it made perfect sense because, oh, okay, so this explains why Shanghai is able to follow. You can program it and it will do so many different things because it's able to direct the photons. 
wherever it wants them or to for the best possible outcome right <laughs> well i'm not the way you're explaining is kind of mechanical i think more in terms of the shungite having a thought yeah and because it's the thoughts that we have that put out an energy field that then attract the proto energy and, and that's why the plant, like that's why the planters do it because plants think they have thoughts they have levels of intelligence so then shanghai will be able to do the same thing you know what's rather neat i saw this little mechanical item that they have and they gator clip this um little machine to a plant and it's playing music it is some of the neatest thing you ever saw and i've read up a lot about bees and butterflies and how they choose the plants and it's usually because of an aroma because the plant knows the bee or butterfly is close by and it wants to be propagated or whatever and I mean, there's so much magic out there that we have no clue about. Like that plant that that, that it's called a a stink mushroom. No, it has the, it has the smell of rotten meat and it yeah, attracts. It's, it's, it's a starfish. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a starfish. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it it attracts flies because it it uh, it puts out the smell of rotten meat. <laughs> That's the only way that it can be propagated. Yeah. <laughs> It, that's the only way that I can attract the flies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same with the honeydew, or I mean sundew, and the ones with the carnivorous plants, the pitcher plant. The um, oh God, I used to sell all these plants. I should remember their names. All oh, the Venus flytraps. Yeah, the flytraps. Uh huh. Certain hormones and conditions. Yep. And that people were really dumb enough to think they could give it hamburger. <laughs> Fill your plant, you foolish people. <laughs> they, they don't tell the, they can't tell the difference between something alive and something dead. But so the spinellas come in so many different shapes and sizes. But yeah, there is that huge one. Yeah, thank God it only blooms once a year. But then flies need, you know, cycles of life too. So, because I've actually seen where some of these homesteaders take and make sure, like, if a rooster or something dies, they stick it in a bucket with holes in it and let it maggot up because the chickens love the maggots. So you know, everything has a purpose and a reason. Well, it, look at uh, uh, I. I don't for, I don't remember what uh, century this was, but in ancient uh, Turkey, for example, um, you know that you know di- different places, different cultures, they have different ways of dealing with their dead. You know, in India they do uh, uh, what do you call it, the cremating for the dead, and other places you know the put them in and so so different places have different ways of dealing with their dead but in uh in the old i don't know how far back it was what century it was uh but this was in the um turkish empire when the, the people were dead they were taken to a special room it, it was actually a building not a, a room it's actually they, they would roll in the body of whoever passed away 
and there is no there's no ceiling there's there's no roof it's it's an open it's, it, lo it looks like an open uh, like a, a like a small amphitheater and what they had they had a, a I don't know how many they had they had a whole crew of um, um, what do you call these the uh, uh, vultures and they would and they would leave them there for I don't know how many days but the, the vultures would consume the body and then the whatever's left you know the 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 remnants they would go they would go they would be buried and they would go to some memorial that the the family left but the uh, the 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 vultures would eat all the uh, the the bodies. They would just leave the bones. So that so that so they never had to deal with the problem of uh, you know having you know you like for example when there's there's a big die off you know you have that issue of you have so many dead people and you have all that uh, carnage. That, yeah, all that all that. Um, uh, decomposing flesh that actually causes more pro more problems than anything else because you know people will are, are going to get sick if the water gets contaminated and no they, they had a way of of processing this so you know the body goes back to nature i guess okay i know i said that you guys could decide what to talk about but um <laughs> dead bodies <laughs> I, I mean Oh, well, you you have a you have that that, that priest there uh, that. <laughs> oh my God, you know I mean I'm sitting here and I've got thunder happening around me, so I had the mute on and I'm going like I was just laughing. I'm going I can't believe that <laughs> this is going on like this. So to those people that might have left the station, well, yeah, I can understand why. <laughs> But you know you got to have a sense of humor here, <laughs> and also it it's like it's just part of life, you know. But I'm not going to get into any more. But we're going to leave that subject. Anybody else got an idea about what to well, talk about? No, I just wanted um, just to comment as to the this last article that I just read. To me, oh, it, yes, it, 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 it was so fantastic because by presenting this very doable thing, which is yeah. deciding you know look how do you want the your photon to go in a way of saying it uh, you have more control over the your reality than you think you know often more often than not we feel so powerless oh it's just me insignificant invisible little me that I can't do any no the truth is the opposite because you are aware because you're a choosing to make conscious choices you're already doing this this complete alter already the fabric of your alternation of your reality is all being altered because everything you're doing you're doing consciously because like she showed the opposite okay what is the opposite the opposite of people who choose to remain asleep and just be led down a dark path because that's what they want to enjoy Okay, fine for that. For them, not for me. I'm going in a different ways, and I'm going to make conscious choices. Not going to let somebody else choose for me because if you if you start listening to the people around you, it's like, okay, uh, so many people are negative, so many people are pessimistic, so many people is like, oh, this will never get, a, you know, 
then forget it. That's not the sound I want to hear in my ears. And then, and it is not true. It's, it's it's true for them. It's true for those who want to experience that. But you are actually free to choose. That realization that it's so easy to choose, <laughs> and 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 to make a to make a difference in your reality, is like well, a case in point is like even even my mom was pointing that out today. Is like. The way that the way that I'm living my my reality you know, years ago, I had a very tough time spending at least 24 hours not worrying about money. Very difficult, because I'm inevitably, invariably, the thought would come out. Okay, and when when am I going to pay the mortgage? And and when I'm what happens if I'm not able to what like that kind of mental noise? Uh, that's gone. It didn't happen overnight, but it's, it's gone. So it is possible to alter your reality by how you're paying attention. Okay, how are you paying attention? How are you directing the thoughts? Where are you putting the energy? Are you listening to the others? Are you listening to those that are not worthy of being listened to? <laughs> that, so that's, and then it, it is perfectly doable. It's not unnatural. It's not impossible. Just get, you know, just wake up and real and then and smell the coffee. Yeah, it's doable. It's it's up to you to choose to do it. If you choose not to do it, okay, that's fine. But don't put it on. Don't 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 uh, press others that uh, that uh, don't want to have that. So. I thank you for reading that and to you know make me aware of it. Um, it, it just was packed full of so much information, but the the concept of the quantum field. What what do you think it is, Walt? Describe what you think it is. Well, as as she as she de- describes it in her, in their book, is the <clears throat> in the article. They say it like the smallest quantity detectable or measurable quantity or also the the smallest unit of uh, electromagnetic radiation okay so if it's so small the 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 corollary that i developed that i developed out of thinking about it is that okay this is so small that it's impossible that it, that i can't change it just a single thought that I project will actually make the necessary change. And just because I have made the change, it just it it follows across. It's like um, uh, I know it's a bad comparison, but it's just to give you an idea. You know, when they talk, when people talk about avalanches, that it's just a few lumps of of snow that are slowly but surely start rolling down the mountain. And then when you when you least expect it, that those little those little snowballs actually turn into huge boulders that it, they can demolish an entire building because you know it just went bigger and bigger and bigger and faster and stronger. Okay, that to me is what happens when you're when you're getting to a point that it's so tiny, it's invisible or undetectable by uh, man-made instruments. Then that's it. 
it's so small. Like, it's it's impossible not to change it. It's impossible not to affect it. Sounds like a soul to me. <laughs> well, it does. So that that's that's to me the man the, and that's why the plant is able because it's so small. The plant is able to take the the photon and command it. Okay, go three hundred different ways, but get to the best possible way to get to the to the uh, the results that I want, the results that I need. So that's how the the plant does it. She just sends the photon in a hundred different directions to to go uh, to get the best possible result and when you think about it how how impossible is it if you're if you're capable of conscious thought if a plant can do it what's stopping you oh yeah negative thinking <laughs> negative beliefs <laughs> defeatist attitudes Oh, everything is going bad. Nothing's nothing ever worked. Oh, so so you are a super, an amazing creator. It's just we end up choosing to create negative things. Yeah, we are amazing, amazing creators. But too bad uh, the choices are kind of smelly. <laughs> So what did you take away from her her article there? What, what do you think people should think about or focus on? Well, the first first off is the uh, the narrative har harvesting how everybody is being uh, like like cattle that are being herded through, you know, walk through this way, walk through People are letting their uh, belief or their perception of reality being herded for them. They're not. They're not uh, taking advantage that they are free to choose. There are those, that, as she says, that are choosing to let others. You choose for me. Okay? You tell me what I should do. That exists, and the and the uh, because that is the split that we're experiencing. People are actually separating down the line down the middle and the other is how you it it's your job to decide okay what what do you what do you want in your reality like for example um was it was it today yeah it was today and Ilya uh posted a a short clip on uh, one way to uh, very quickly raise your 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 um your vibration. How to raise your vibration, and the secret was in focus focusing on love and, and gratitude. You start you start making lists. It can be a uh, you can begin with a small item and, and small items cannot come up in your consciousness. You keep writing it down. You you keep writing the, the, the of all the lists that you love of things that you love and all the things that you are grateful for. And you just you just revisit this list every day. And you as things come up, you can add them up, add, add more items to the list as you you get more ideas into your head. 
and just keep doing this for three months, 90 days. And what happens is that it, it, you, you are actually manifesting that you're cementing the elements of the reality that you're wanting. So it'll come a point that you don't have to think about gratitude and love because it's, it just comes to you naturally. Everything about you is, is going to be about love and everything is going to be about gratitude. So you don't have to worry or you don't have to work so hard. Oh, I have to achieve this. Oh, I, no, you don't have to. It's already done. You've already planted the seeds and it's, it's part of your reality. You, live, you now live in a reality of love and gratitude. You're not going to be affected by the other. Those who live in a reality of darkness, well, that's where they live because that's what they chose. But that's not what you choose. So she gave that. It's a, it, it's a very simple up. It's a very simple practice, and it doesn't take that long at all. It, it just takes a few. It takes a minute, if anything, because you w okay, wake up in the morning, open your eyes before you get out of bed or before you go to the bathroom. Okay, just just think. Oh, I'm so grateful that I that I have everything that I need. I'm so grateful that I have the best coffee in the world. I have just. I mean, the the last once you start going, once you get a inspired and you're in a role, I mean, it, non-stop. And it, and it doesn't matter what kind of negative things that you like. For example, I said to my mother, is that for example, okay, you're aware of the, the pain you're experiencing in your legs. Okay, but you have legs that you can use to walk. I mean, to our knowledge, we, we have this, the, the, this girl that we, we work with her when we were in the same building in, in Plymouth. Uh, she's, I think, I don't know if she's 30. I, th I think she's maybe a 30. I don't know how, I don't know how much time has passed, but she's 30 years old. Already she doesn't have her legs. She has to live in a, in a wheelchair. So think about it. Think, think of all the, all the positive things that you, that you're enjoying. I know we have this this horrible programming that's been been embedded on us by the old guys. This this has to do with the way people are children are raised in Argentina. You never see the positive of anything. It doesn't matter if you have food to eat. It doesn't matter if you have clothing. If you, it doesn't matter if you're able to go to school. No, you're always looking for the negative. It doesn't matter that you're eating food every single day and you're not starving. But you're not eating like, uh, you know, five-star Michelin restaurant level two type food. So you you know always looking for the negative that so that gets implanted in you. You grow up and you think it's normal. That's the way that you go through life, complaining about everything because nothing is the way that you want it, and you want everything to be absolutely perfect. And 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 it's all programming. This is the way the collective program is there when you're there. So having this person give you the, these very simple keys, how do you, you know, <laughs> undo the programming and get the reality that you want? I, I think that's really good. That's a good boon. <laughs> so. Well, um. What else do you got on your plate, guys? Mona, what have you been thinking about or, you know, you do a show every 
Monday through Friday, two to four, on Freedom Slips. What is it? Why am I having bar- brain fart? Freedomslips.org. <coughs> Say that again. Freedomslips.org. Revolution.radio. Oh, right. That was it. Yeah, right. The org. Is yeah. it so? Is it two radios or one single radio? It's one station. Because it has two names, Revolution and then Freedom Slip. So it's like two two different things. No, one was like the first byline, and the second one was the station. It's just how they bought their websites. Oh, I see. But somebody took over the Freedom Slips. And dot, you know, com, and it's a gaming room, so we had to go dot org. But we're having a hard time with um, funds, donations. So it's been something else. We don't know what's going on or what's going to be the future. But I just put on what I pick like ten videos and then click a thing, and like today we were. We were, the me, myself, and I were. Um, did a lot of big uh, Dell with the high wire. And going back over the things and the ways that they thought they were going to get away with all the lying and the deceit and the backstabbing of their science about all the COVID. When our science was being held captive in secret and... Um, just how the programming and everything that people literally fell for and how much trouble. I mean, they're giving infants the vax, the, the jab that causes the, um, you know, the heart thing, the heart stuff. Um, which is really sad. It, it, Mitocardia? Right. It's not only like children. children right. And there'll be a whole future sterilized because of all this. Like, if will there really be children being born? Well, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about because I was watching the television is that um, glycophate, glycophate, right. there's, there's ads on the TV about if you ever sprayed glycophate uh, and you've got this uh, particular cancer, uh, meso- I don't know what it is, meso something. Mesothelioma. Yes, if you've got that, then contact these people because you might be owed a settlement. And I'm going, you know, and the settlement was based on the fact that um, Monsanto, is that, yeah, I think that's who put this stuff They out. were the originals, right. Right, they didn't put on their labeling that it was a possible cancer-causing agent, even though they knew it. So that's how they got them on a legal basis. But they're still using it, it's still being put out there. So now that you know that it's a cancer-causing agent, are you you're still going to use it? Right. I, mean, I just find this kind of preposterous. Well, it kills the good bag bacteria and that in your gut. So it causes more than just one disease. It causes many. And it destroys the earth. It makes the whole area that it's sprayed at dead. 
But shungite will take glyphosate out of the soil and water. It right. will. There are scientific documentations of it. We knew that because um, there was this uh, woman who had a piece of land that she was renting to somebody that had been there before she even owned the land. Then he decided to retire and she let this younger man on and, you know, he promised he would not use any chemicals. And then she found out that he had put glycomate all over the place. So round. And so she just absolutely freaked out. But she remembered what we had said about the Shanghai. So what she did was she got a friend of hers who was a, I think she was a dowser. I think it might have been dowsing, but she was somebody that could read, you know, questions like, is this polluted water? Yes. Um, and then what they did was they took some of the water out well, of That the, was me. That was me. They sent me pictures and they were asking me and I was, I was dowsing the pictures. Oh, you were the dancer? <laughs> yeah, I'm the dancer. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, tell the tell the story. No, the story sounded familiar, and I thought, mm, that's it. I, I, I don't know the name of the lady, but they sent me the information regarding her, and they what they said, what do you need? And then they and I said, oh, I, I need a, I need you to give me the a map or at least give me the coordinates of the place so that I can douse it. And I and I started dowsing. You know, does this does this place have uh, glyphosate? What if it says yes? You know, how much? What percentage? So, as I as I got the information, then they started uh, um, applying the. They were, I don't remember if it was nuggets. Or yeah, was it, it nuggets? It was nuggets. nuggets. So I started. Then I would uh, as the time passed. You know, like a. Uh, a week would go. I would start. Okay, what is the percentage? Is there is there glyphosate? Yes, no, yes. Okay, what's the percentage? So as I as we kept reading, it kept getting low and low until it, it, there was no more. There was no more de detected there. So she was. I guess she was. She was happy. She was. She was getting the results that she wanted. Get rid of that that crap. Yeah, but I th on, I believe on um, mysticalwares.com that Derek has a scientific research project that actually names glyphosate as one of the things that they got out of the. I was well, I remember remember he did uh, the he did the uh, the video with the uh, with the microscope. Where right. He, uh, he, when you expose the glyphosate to the the yeah. shungite, uh, the the shungite actually breaks it up. I hate to do this to you, but we've got to go. Everybody, all right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Teaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.